This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see all of you here today. Honored to worship with you again. It's a great privilege for you to come here and hear the Word of God. You know, I just want to say this. um, It's very important that you learn to come to, to church and to soak in the presence of God and soak in the Word of God. And so when you come here, just, just God will begin to work on you. He'll begin to shape you and mold you. And he, He's still the God who takes messes and makes miracles. But I must do my part and get in the presence of God. And if you're here today and you're a great sinner, you're in the right place, okay? I'm a, I'm a great sinner and God just continually transforms me. So again, I, I welcome you here today. If you need a Bible, uh, get your hand up. We love to put the Word of God in. I'll tell you, we've got to get into the Word. You've got to develop an appetite for the Word of God. Once you get a Bible, go with me to the book of Mark, chapter number 9. Mark, chapter 9. Now, this is a, another way of discovering God. This is a good one today. I believe it will speak to every one of us. And so, as you're turning to Mark 9, where we're at in this, that Jesus said had gone up to a place called the Mount of Transfiguration. And while Jesus is up there, Peter, James, and John are with him. Elijah and Moses are there. And this cloud comes over them. And out of the cloud, God says, this is my beloved son, hear him. Now, when you look at Peter, James, and John, those were representation of the New Testament. Elijah was of the, uh, the prophets. And Moses was of the Old Testament. So what you see there, whether it was the Old Testament, the New Testament, or the prophets, Jesus is the answer to every one of them. So Jesus comes off of that, and this is where we pick up in verse 14 of Mark 9. And when Jesus came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around him, and scribes disputing or arguing with them. Immediately when they saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed, and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Now when we study this here, this mute spirit was actually a demonic spirit. And I believe it's verse 25 later in this passage, Jesus calls it an unclean spirit. He calls it a deaf and dumb spirit. And so when we look at this, this is a spiritual attack. And the cause, again, is because of this demon. Now, the question arises here, if it's a spiritual attack, can we attack back? So those are some things we're going to learn today. But in helping us with this, many times we don't understand the origin of the demons or the demonic spirit here. These demons at one time were angels in heaven. Now, if you study the scripture, that when Lucifer or Satan became prideful and rebellious towards the things of God, God booted him out. And so this is where the demons landed, a third of them. And they're going to be here on earth until Jesus comes back for the last time and he locks them up. And so this is the origin of them. Keep reading me or with me. 
And wherever it, the demon, seizes him, the young boy, it, the demon, throws him down. The boy foams at the mouth. And he gnashes or grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Now this isn't a very pleasant sight. And just for this morning, I'm going to ask you to put yourself in this story. Maybe you're the parent. Maybe you're the mom and dad. Maybe this young boy would just be your brother. I don't know about you, but it affects me to think that here this young boy, by this demon, comes upon him, and he begins to roll on the ground and gnash at his teeth like it says he's doing. Again, not a pleasant thought. goes on to say in verse 18, So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Jesus' response in verse 19. He answered him and said, O faithless generation or faithless, faithless people, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? And then he gives this great invitation and he says, Bring him to me. Now at that moment when Jesus gives the Father the opportunity to bring him to him, He has a choice. I either do or I don't. Verse number 20. Then they brought him to Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So when this demon comes into an area where Jesus is at, He literally begins to take over this young boy. And when I read this, it's almost as if this demon is challenging Jesus. He's wanting to try to intimidate Jesus. And he still does those things. Jesus goes on in verse 20 and he asked the father and said, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, from his childhood. Now here's the picture I envision here. This boy is flopping around on the ground, foaming at the mouth because the devil is is dominating him. And Jesus isn't impressed a bit. I believe Jesus has got his arms crossed and he's looking at him flopping around like that. And he says to the dad, how long has this been going on? And Jesus probably had a fig newton in his pocket and eats on it a little bit. As if to say to the devil, you don't impress me, you don't intimidate me, you don't cause fear upon me one bit. And so the father says to him, since childhood. Now, most believe in this passage, this boy now is in his teenage years, so it's gone on for a while. One of the things I want to point out is oftentimes when we have bondages or certain things that try to dominate us, the root almost always goes back into our childhood, our teenage years. I'm telling you this to help us today. Uh, In my own life, the the bondages and the strongholds that gripped me for years of my life, they started when I was roughly 12 years old. That's when there was evidence of things in my life. This will help you, okay? And the reason I want to point out this, because oftentimes we have the thought, 
we can just sweep everything on the rug and everything will be okay. That's not true. Many times I've got to go back all the way into my childhood and figure out what that root was. Now, if you've ever messed in your yard, you can pop the top off of those dandelions. You can get them. You can mow over them and whack them off. But guess what? They're going to come back. The only way you get those dandelions is you've got to get them by the root. Well, in a sense, that's the same way it is spiritually. So he says since his childhood, verse 22, And often he, the demon, has thrown him, the boy, into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Now think about that right there because that word destroy is going to come into play several times this morning. But the devil here wanted to destroy him. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says this, For this cause or for this purpose, Jesus came into the earth to destroy the works of darkness. And so here the devil's trying to destroy him. But this is why Jesus came for me and you. So listen to this next in verse 22. The Father says, But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, I don't know how old you are, but As parents in here, or as one that's lived a while, I've prayed that before. If. If, Lord, you can help me, help me. If, Lord, you can do this or do that, I need your help. Now, when he says this to Jesus, watch Jesus' response in verse 23. And Jesus said to him, If you can believe. If you can believe. So, The father throws an if at Jesus, and Jesus throws an if back to him as if to say, I'm not the problem. The problem is your lack of faith. And so when we look at here, this here, the question or the deciding issue in this isn't Jesus' power. The deciding question is the man's faith. And Jesus said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. He responds the same to me and you today. Jesus has still got power. Jesus still wants to do things. But again, he said, the question is your faith. Now, when Jesus says this to him, watch the father's response in verse 24. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief. Remove all my doubt. And grant me an unquestioning faith in you. I don't know about you, that's where I want to be. That's where every one of us want to be. And I believe Jesus is drawn to, to men and women when we say, Lord, help us with our faith. Actually, his own disciples said that. Lord, increase our faith. Now, when he says this, note here, Jesus doesn't condemn him and Jesus doesn't say, come on, stupid. Look what happens. Immediately the father and child cried out with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. He refuted the unclean spirit. Now, this is a teaching moment for us. Notice, Jesus didn't rebuke the boy or the father. 
He dealt with that unclean spirit within him. How did Jesus rebuke the unclean spirit? Just watch the scripture. Now, this is a, a great teaching verse for us. He rebuked the unclean spirit and he said to it, the unclean spirit, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you come out of him and enter him no more. He commanded him. He didn't ask him. He didn't say, listen, deaf and dumb spirit. He commanded him. Now, why is that important for me and you to know? Well, in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, the Lord Jesus said this. I give you, us believers, I give you power to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So all the authority that Jesus had when he was here on earth, he gave it to me and you. And the way we operate with it is in the name of Jesus. So Jesus tells me right here, quit putting up with the devil. Quit putting up with those things in your life. And this is exactly what Jesus does right here. Keep reading here the story. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead so that many said he's dead. And can you imagine the crowd that's around there? They've watched this take place. And all of a sudden Jesus commands the devil to come out of him. He comes out and all of a sudden they all look at Jesus and said, you killed him. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And we'd come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can only come out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now, I want you to hold a place right there in your Bible and back up to the book of Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to read this in Matthew 17. This is the same passage but this is from Matthew instead of, of where we were in Mark. And it's a little bit different. And there's some things in here that I believe will teach us this morning. Matthew 17, verse number 18. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. The only thing that Jesus says to them that day. Is because of your unbelief. If you'll note he didn't say. You should have taken more classes at seminary. You should have got better education. In how to deal with the devil. No. The only thing that Jesus says there. Is it's because of your unbelief. Because of your lack of faith. Now, note, note what he says next. If you have faith as a mustard seed. So Jesus gets back to us. And he says that faith is like a mustard seed. That I got to get the, the, the seed in the ground. And as long as the seed is in the ground and I water it, it begins to grow. And he said, so if you had faith as a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, 
Move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now here's the question off of that. Are you in an area of your life right now that seems impossible? Probably every one of us would say that. There's some area in my life that seems impossible. But yet Jesus is telling us the issues of I'll just start learning to believe. And so again, I think it's a good prayer. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Help me not to question you or your integrity. Verse 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, he ends the same way. So when I begin to look at this, I have the school of thought. Or I should say the school of thoughts, plural. There's three things that jumped out real quick to me. And so when he says this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting, was Jesus saying that this type of demon only comes out by prayer and fasting? Was Jesus saying that this type of unbelief only comes out by prayer and fasting? Was Jesus saying that this type of faith only is built up by prayer and fasting? The answer to all three of them, I believe, is prayer and fasting. Something happens when I get into the Word of God. I begin to pray and I begin to fast. Something happens when we begin to worship God. When I draw near to God. So when we talk about prayer and fasting, fasting means to go without food. But if I just go without food, that's just dieting, okay? So when he talks about fasting, it takes the place of my eating and food with I get into the Word of God or I begin to worship. It is a spiritual exercise that begins to move in my heart. Understand, fasting does not give you the favor of God. Fasting does not twist God's arm. God doesn't need us to do that. Fasting is something that begins to work on the inside of me. So the first thing is, what would happen if I begin to fast in areas? When I truly fast, it says, Lord, I'm seeking you. But he said, prayer and fasting. So when we get over to prayer, the book of Jude, which is in the way back in the New Testament, verse 20 says, Beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Something happens as a believer when I begin to pray in the Spirit. You know what he said? I build myself up, my holy faith. Now listen to some of this in different translations. That verse says that in the Amplified that I will make progress. The message says that you will carefully build yourself up. So something happens when I begin to pray and fast. Back to chapter number 9 of Mark. Back to where we started. And I want to go to verse 21. Now we're in this series called Discovering God. I want you to see something here. So Jesus asked the Father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. You know how this young boy discovered God that day? Jesus loves to give people back their lives. And when you think about this boy from his childhood to his teenage years, he probably never experienced a birthday party. 
who would have came? He probably was never invited to go to a birthday party. He was probably never invited to go spend the night at anybody's house because it wouldn't have been good. He probably wasn't allowed to go to school because of this. So Jesus comes into his life and Jesus says, I want to give you your life back. The very verse, uh, next verse in verse 22, it says, and often, often, he has thrown him into the fire. Can you imagine the scars that are on this boy? The burn marks? And he said, often, he's tried to drown him. If this was me in this situation, anytime I would have gotten near water, I would have had a fear come on me. So you can begin to see how this demon literally squeezed the life out of this young man. But Jesus comes in, and Jesus gives him his life back. Do you know Jesus still does those things? I go back into my own life. Now, I'm, I'm going to be very transparent today. I was messed up. I was a sinner. I was dominated by the devil. Actually, I was full of the devil. And so as a teenager, I thank God I had ones in my family that got born again. And they begin to study the scriptures and realize, you know what? We have authority over the devil in Jesus' name. Do you know in John 14, 12, the Lord Jesus said, the things I do, you'll do also and greater? Was Jesus just kidding? See, there's a lot of people in our society will say, Jesus doesn't do these things anymore. Jesus doesn't heal anymore. Jesus doesn't set people free. Well, I choose to differ because I'm going to believe the Word of God. And so in my own life, I'm full of the devil. I could tell you story after story of my life of being a sinner. But growing up, me and my brother shared a room together. I don't remember any of this very uh, specifically with what all happened until my brother revealed it. But we shared a room together. One night, he's born again, full of God. I'm full of the devil. So guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a clash. Something within me rises up, and my own brother, just like Jesus did, he commanded those demons to come out of me. So literally, the devil was cast out of me by my own brother. So again, I'm telling you right now, I was full of the devil. Does that make you a bad person? No. Just full of the devil. Just need to be set free. My brother shares this with me, that he asked him, he said, Lord... How did my brother get so full of the devil like he did? And he said, well, some of it was because of his lifestyle. Now listen real close to me. He said, but the Lord spoke to his heart and said, the main reason was all that junky music he listened to. See, oftentimes we don't think the things we hear, the things we see impact us. You put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. What would you listen to? I listened to all that rock and roll, to, to, to hell with the devil. I listened to, we're on the highway to hell. I, I listened to junk and junk. And so all day long, I'm singing about the devil. I'm singing about what's on the inside of me. Now listen, I was messed up. 
In the natural, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. But guess what? Jesus gave me my life back. It's glory to the Lord, I'm telling you. And so many times in our life, we become dominated by things. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's bad habits. The stronghold, actually there was two strongholds in my life. The greatest one was alcohol. It dominated me. It would change my personality. It would change who I was. See, most of you have never seen that side of me. And I praise God that thing never shows up again. The other side was because of a young guy. And some of you young ones listen to me. I got over into sexual immorality. And because of that, I gave the devil an open door into my life. Now, I don't say that to brag and say, woo, look at me. See, many times young ones see where I'm at now and they say, well, I can do this and this and this because pastor did this and this and this, but look at him now. You don't see the pain I caused. There was a trail of pain behind me. But listen, Jesus will set you free. Jesus still does those things. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 10. John, chapter 10. And this was our, our scripture that was up there when we started this morning. Now, I will tell you this. Amens, hallelujah, preach it, pastor. Those are highly encouraged in here, okay? Highly encouraged. Because we're, we're serving our king who paid a huge price for us, okay? And when I tell you about the things that take place in my life, it's because I've seen Jesus move in my life. I've seen Jesus set me free. I've seen those things. Let me just tell you this. This is just a little side note. I was with Shelly one day, and, and she was going to these stores, and she was shopping. And I thought, man, I am. We've been to one store, and I said, I'm shopped out. I'm done. I can't go into no more stores. So I'm out on this boardwalk in the city we're in. And I see these people, and they're going around this guy, and they're taking pictures with him. This is a young man, I'd say 20 years old, who's completely spray-painted himself gold. Solid gold. His hair, everything. And he's got these things like angel wings on. And so people after people are taking pictures, and after they take pictures, they give him money. So... Oftentimes, I, I, I pray in the Holy Spirit. I don't care if I'm in the mall. I don't care if I'm at Walmart, wherever. I pray in the Holy Spirit. So I'm sitting there just praying in the Spirit, looking at things, and I start watching this guy in the angel outfit. And it becomes really intriguing to me. And so I begin to look, and, and I begin to walk, and I got close. And I realize he's levitated. Now, what I mean by levitated, his feet are off the ground. Nothing's touching. And I begin to realize something's not right with this. So all of a sudden there becomes a clash of the titans. God and the devil. Well, 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that's in me that's even within the world. So I got the greater one. So right there, 
I just start speaking the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you, the blood washes me white as snow. Well, little angel again, I'm not dealing with him. I'm dealing with the demon on the inside of our... I realize, and so I look over there, and he looks at me and begins to stare at me. It's almost as if the devil in him, he knows there's something that's coming against him. And the look on the young guy's face is a look of, I'll kill you. Well, I look back and thought, no, you won't, not in the name of Jesus. And so I just kind of got real bold, and I'd look back at him, and I'd say, in the name of Jesus, you have no authority. All of a sudden, everything within him stops. It's like he can't get back on the ground. And at that moment right there, the Lord said, I'm greater than he that's in him. So we go through the day and we're tinkering around. And she said, I got to go back to one more store. She said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to go find that golden angel. I want to do some more work today. And so I, I tell you that sort of tell you, listen. You don't have to put up with the devil. Understand again, you're not dealing with people. You're dealing with the thing that's in them, all right? John 10.10. That's just a side note. Tell you my adventures in life. John 10.10. Listen. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Who is the thief? Now, let's be biblical here. These are Jesus' words. The thief is the devil. So his ultimate goal... For every one of us in this room this morning is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, if we go back to the boy that was full of the devil, remember he said often he throws him into the fire and the water to destroy him. That's the devil's ultimate goal. But look what Jesus says here. But I, the Lord Jesus, have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. More excessive. Now look at this in the Amplified. If you'd put that up. Listen to this. The thief come was only in order to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. And have it in abundance to the full. Till it overflows. Let me ask you something today. Are you just going through life? Or are you enjoying life? I've gone just through life. And I've seen what that offers. But I can tell you, I enjoy life. I enjoy Monday mornings. Actually, I enjoy every morning. Just to get up and thank God I got another day of life. And it goes back. Jesus gave me my life back. And what about this boy in the story? Do you think his life began to change where he began to enjoy life? Can you imagine what had been restored to him? One last passage here. Turn back to your left, just a chapter, to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I'm going to tell you this morning, not because of me at all, because of the Word of God, you got the truth. So when I see the truth, what do I do with the truth? Now, oftentimes this verse is quoted and people will say, well, you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You know the truth, the truth will set you free. But if you look at the start of verse 32, it says and, and. So the and there is a continuation. So really, 
in order to walk in the blessing of verse 32, I've got to obey verse 31. Watch what verse 31 says. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, if you live in my word, if you remain in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So when I live by the word of God, wholeheartedly, and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. I've got to get over and I've got to live by the word of God. I've got to hang on to the word of God unlike any other time in my life. Where I begin to say, Father God, it's my desire to obey your word. James chapter 4 verse 7, it says, submit to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That verse most of the time is quoted as people will say, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. If I'm not submitted to God, it's not going to happen. How do I become submitted to God? I acknowledge you, Father God, as the only God. I acknowledge your word as the word of God. I submit to your son, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I submit to his name. I submit to his blood. I submit to his broken body. I submit to his authority. I submit to the Holy Spirit. And because I'm submitted to you, Father God, then and only then can I resist the devil and he'll flee. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.